Someone You Should Know, a program about people you know and even more that you don't. Hosted by Stuart Sachs, veteran, husband, father, and grandfather. Now, here's your host, Stuart Sachs. Well, welcome back to another edition of Someone You Should Know. Really glad that you're with us today. First of all, I want to shout out, you notice I'm wearing my colors, KVGI Radio, and I want to shout out to uh, my very, very good friend and mentor, Mark Warner, who is uh, recovering from esophageal cancer. Mark, keep up the great work. Uh, and in your honor today, we're dedicating today's show to you because I started doing this as a streaming radio show that then became a visual on Facebook and all. It became a podcast, uh, and and you are the reason that I'm doing what I'm doing. And the subject today is about podcasting, and it is brought to you by DFW Networking Diva. That's her right there. That's Christine Dean, who is producing the show, sponsoring the show, and also can help you with your marketing of your business. You need to bring it to the next level. All you need, contact her. Free consultation. Show her what you got. Ask her some questions. She'll answer them. You'll be good to go. Well, the subject of today's program is about podcasting. And I am going to start right off by introducing my, my guest, Andrew Alman, who is, is really another guru, if you will, because he's kind of the guru of the podcasting world, because uh, he's really taken all of us who do podcasts and then said, how can I help hook these people that want to do podcasts up with guests for their shows? because sometimes we're out scrambling around trying to find out who's a guest, but he pre-vets all these people and comes up with some really great people for us to have on our shows. So, Andrew, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me on. Uh, I'm really glad to have you because I have been following you for the last uh, uh, almost a year now, um, and and. I, I've, you know, reach out to local politicians and sports figures and people that I just meet at social gatherings. But sometimes you just want to find somebody that's a little bit different, somebody that's right. a little out, out of the envelope. And every week or twice a week, I receive an email from you. And it comes from folks, podcastguest.com. Uh and it has a listing of people that you have already talked with and interacted with. And and tell tell the audience a little about who some of those people are and how do you go to them or they come to you? Sure. So the way we're set up, as you mentioned, we send out two emails every week and they have both opportunities to get booked on shows as a guest as well as uh, some some of the experts from our directory. And so these experts from our directory are people that say, I want to get booked on shows. And they they create what's called an online one sheet in our directory, which basically is a sell page for them. And so we have about a thousand people in there. Um, I haven't uh, I haven't talked to each of them individually, but we let them put kind of their best foot forward for you to evaluate them as a potential guest. Um, and so those are people that have been, some of them have been on the site for five years. Some of them have been on uh, for just a little bit, uh, for just a little while, but they cover 
all sorts of topics, everything from uh, military to finance to real estate to uh, coaching and business. So really just every type of topic imaginable that, that you can think of. And, and as a podcaster, if, if my, my show basically deals with, with uh, a political action stuff, uh, then I can go and find people that are politically oriented uh, and all through that podcast guest.com. Uh, mine is, is very, very generic. So, I right. mean, I go in there and you've got authors, you've got life coaches, uh, you've got, got, I have, I have a young lady that I just connected with you with via you, uh, who is a recovering stroke victim and mm -hmm. talks, talks about her, how she had to learn how to talk and walk and almost do everything again as an adult fascinating young lady and all, and we made, made a connection and we're going to be, we're going to be talking pretty soon. So that's the beauty of your site. And, and it allows me as a podcaster to pre-select. And again, as you said, I fill out a little form and it goes directly to that, that guest. And it says, I learned about you over podcastguest.com. And I would maybe like to have you on my show. This is a little bit about my show. And then they write back and say, I'd love to be on your show or I don't think it's the right fit. Mm -hmm. And it's just, a, it's really a great service for both sides, for those authors and guests, as well as for those of us that are, that are doing the moderating. Right. Yeah. One of my goals with the service was to make it as simple as possible. So I created it because I was having difficulty finding guests for my own podcast. And after about a year, like you mentioned, I've gone out to people I know, just like you originally went out to people you know and people in your yep. community. Uh, but after a while, it's like, hey, I want to cast a wider net, right? And so, but one of the things I, I realized is you really have to keep that simple. And so you may, you don't even have to register to invite guests onto your show through through the platform. You just fill out a form. And if you want to register and make it easier for you, you can. Uh, but yeah, just just keeps it as simple as, as possible for everyone involved. And folks, are you ready for this? It's free, <laughs> free. And that fee is non-negotiable. It's, <laughs> it's free to everybody. When did you start it? And what gave you that really that, that, you know, you know, light bulb moment that said, you know I, what? I, I think I can create something that's going to be helpful both to me and, and for anybody else that wants to use the service. Well, I started it back in 2016 and I've been podcasting for a couple of years at that point. And I was really looking around. I was like, how can I find some new and interesting guests for my show? And so I looked around and really the only option at the time that made it easy were to hire agencies. And these are full service agencies that go out and they actually do quite a bit of work for you, but they're very expensive as a result. You know, I think the cheapest I've seen is about $500 per guest booking. And a lot of them are over a thousand dollars, which doesn't make economic sense for, for most podcasters. It certainly didn't sure. for me. And so I said, Hey, hey there's gotta be a way to create a, a platform out there that does what I'm looking for here. Right. That makes it super simple to find guests for my show. And so I, I started by emailing some other podcasters and said, I'm thinking about creating this. Would this be something you're interested in? Can I add you to the service? And a, a lot of people said yes. And, and when we started out, we only had about 100 people um, that were involved. Now we're up to 35,000. 
35,000. But but even then with 100, we started making connections, right? That very first week, people were like, hey, yeah, this looks like a good fit for me. And they started pitching or inviting people to be on their shows. And so um, it started very small and it's grown over that over the past well, I, we're over five years now, right? So coming up yeah. on this on the sixth year. Well, I mean, and, and what's really interesting about this is is you now these people that that are on your list, they also they also will you know come in person and do a presentation, and there may be fees involved um, in doing something like that. But but this is a win win for everybody because. For the guest, it gives them additional exposure. In my case, my podcast is nationwide. So I may have a guest who is is in Seattle, as you are, uh, but uh, I, I there may be another podcaster who's following me that's in Virginia that says, hey, you know, that guest who's in Seattle would be good on my show too. So it's a win-win for the guest as well as for the podcaster because I don't also have to have the blinders on and say, uh, I got to go out in the community, go to a couple more meetups and in order to find people to be on my show. That's right. Yeah. So in, in fact, on, on our platform, we don't allow people to ask for money or to give money to, to guests. And so, but what you're getting from that is, is exposure, right? As a guest, you're, you're growing your audience. And then a podcaster is getting someone for their audience who who will hopefully educate and or entertain their audience. And, and it also helps you as a podcaster grow your show because I'll, of course, help promote this episode after I'm on it. And so that introduces new people to your audience that hopefully stick around over the long run. So, yeah, there are lots of benefits beyond just kind of that initial it's not a transactional sorts of sort of thing. There's kind of a long tail benefit to being a guest on podcasts and to having guests on on your own show. In fact, I'd argue the number one way for podcasters to grow their audience is to be a guest on other shows because 100% of the people that hear you on that podcast will be podcast listeners by definition, right? And that's not the case when you're promoting your show on Facebook or LinkedIn or, or other things where only a small percentage of the people actually care about and listen to podcasts. Now, since you started this five years ago, that was obviously pre, you know, epidemic. Right. Uh, so what happened when we got to two and a half years ago and all of a sudden this, this COVID started and a lot more people were now in front of their computers. And I think, did you all of a sudden see a real spike in the number of, of podcasters that were out there? Yeah. You know, I was worried at first, um, because we do have a, a paid option for, for people as well that want to get more exposure. And I, I was worried. I was like, Oh gosh, here, here it goes. You know, it's all going to implode here. People are going to cancel and that sort of thing. But of course, as we know now in retrospect, the opposite happened, right? Which is that exactly. people were looking for ways to connect online or looking for ways to market online. They wanted to take some of these things they used to do offline and, and bring them onto the internet. And podcasting was a big beneficiary of that. There were record numbers of podcasts started up at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, that is definitely uh, abated quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, the, the interest just exploded and the number of people we have on our platform has, has doubled um, since the start of the pandemic. It, it really doubled fairly quickly um, as, as that took hold. So um, you know, and, and as, as distressing as the pandemic was, it felt nice to be able to play a role in connecting people during that. And 
you know, we, we've all, it's been challenging for everyone, right? So to be able to kind of play a role in keeping people connected, keeping them in front of people, keeping them in conversations, keeping them educating and entertaining has, has been really nice. Yeah, well, what, whatever field of business that they were in, a lot of them started doing these Zoom and interactive conferencing uh, for their business purposes and everything. And that, you know, the podcasting kind of became an offshoot of that, because if they were going to have these meetings online, they'd learned how to do it. And then they realized, well, maybe I could put together a couple of seminars uh, and do it as a as a podcast and invite people in. And uh, you know, podcasting is not that difficult to do, but I think that that there are probably some some key ideas you can give to people for being an effective podcaster. I mean, anybody can go to Zoom and start talking and have right. people on, but you have to learn how to be effective at it for it to be, you know, important and, and profitable. Right. Right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you brought up the fact that everyone was getting on Zoom and going to these online conferences. I think it made people a lot more comfortable with it. Right. Uh, because before that, they, they weren't familiar with seeing themselves on camera or hearing their voice, that sort of thing. And now that, you know, we, we all have this setup and we've been doing it for years, people are more comfortable with it. And we saw lots of podcasts move to a video format like this one right now. Right. Whereas exactly. most of them were just audible at the beginning right there were audio only now a lot are adding the uh the video component to that and then they're converting it to an audio only format for for the podcasting side right um so it's it sounded like you were maybe asking about kind of how you can be a good podcaster was there something around that yeah or? i mean it now that almost anybody can click on and start talking right. you know there are some what what's happened is where there maybe there was a million people that were out there doing podcasts. Now we probably got 20 million people doing them. And you really have to swim through a lot of water right. in order to get to ones that are of any kind of quality because almost anybody can do it. And also there are, you know, are there, you know, tips that you would give people in or to say, don't just say right. hello and, and, and right. start yakking. You have to have some kind of a plan in order to do it and to make it effective. Right. In fact, you know, we saw for a while there, we were seeing 100,000 new podcasts started every uh, every month. Uh, and that's gone down a lot. But the other thing we saw is that a lot of people stop podcasting because it's a lot more. They, they didn't know what they're getting into. They overcommitted. So depending on who you talk to right now, they'll tell you that the number of active podcasts is somewhere between 300,000 and 700,000. Um, which is really a pretty small number compared to, say, YouTube, um, people on YouTube and uh, um, blogs, right, where there, there are millions of them out there. Um, sure, you know, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, right, you know, right. So really from a competition standpoint, I'd argue it's not that crazy as a podcaster, but there are some things you need to do uh, to, to really stand out. And, and I caution that I, I really hope that people don't overthink it, like just just start and then you can improve. But there are, are a couple things that I highly recommend to podcasters that are just getting started. And so one is to buy a decent dynamic microphone. It doesn't need to be a few hundred dollars, but make sure it's a dynamic microphone. And what a dynamic microphone does is it's really designed for catching your voice as you speak into the podcast, as opposed to a condenser microphone that really picks up everything in a room. 
And since most of us are doing this at home, we don't have a fancy studio, a condenser is going to pick up, say, your, your air conditioner turning on or any other little buzz or noise in the room. So the right. dynamic mics are really good at for, for podcasting. So you might see a microphone that's really good, but it's not good for podcasting because it's going to pick up all the noise in the room. Uh, the other thing I recommend people do either before they get started or sooner after is get get good quality cover art for their podcast. And for those that listen to podcasts on an app on their phone, which is the majority, you know, you're scrolling through and there are these little icons for each podcast. And so you have to stand out. And it's kind of like creating a good book, spending lots of time writing a book, but then slapping on a, a bad cover on it. So I would highly recommend hiring someone who specializes in podcast covers to create your podcast cover. Um, you know, going to a place like Fiverr might suffice at first, but I'd highly recommend investing a little bit of money and getting a, a good cover art there. So those are the two things that I tell people just when they're getting started are important. And then once you get beyond that, there's so much more you can do, right? There, there's the the acoustics of your room, for example. And, and so one hack I tell people when they're starting is just record it in a, in a walk-in clothing closet. And it does right. a great job of capturing all the echoes and that sort of thing. But you don't have to spend a lot of money to get started, but you do need that decent microphone to get started. And then when you start working with guests, it's important to, uh, to get them ready as well, because if they have a bad setup, then half the conversation is going to sound good and the other half isn't. And you're, you're absolutely spot on, uh, you know, for instance, it looks like I'm sitting in a, in a, uh, in a broadcast studio. I have a green screen behind me, and this is a photo of a broadcast studio. And that's another thing that you can do. If you maybe uh, are doing a, a, uh, an outdoors type of a show and you may want to have a green screen. So you're sitting in a studio, but you could be doing your broadcast from the Rockies or maybe you're doing a, a, a show about the seashore. Maybe it's a fishing show and you want to show something with, you know, with a background for fishing. There's a lot of things that you can do. Another thing I highly recommend is to have somebody like Christine Dean, who is my producer. Uh, I could probably spend the time to figure out how to do this platform, StreamYard, on my own. But for me to be sitting here and having a conversation with you and at the same time, trying to think about, let me see, what buttons do I want to push and to scroll this and that. Get involved if you want with somebody that's going to help produce your show, that can help do all of those things. Also, somebody that has the talent like Christine does in order to create create a, a good intro and an outro for your show. That ties it together. That gives you the whole package instead of just Camera on, mic on, start talking, and when you're finished, goodbye, and 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 camera off. And you're right. A microphone is extremely, extremely important. Uh, uh, I, I happen to use one that's called a Yeti, and this allows you to either do uh, omnidirectional, like you're, you're talking about with a condenser mic, but if I have a guest that's sitting next to me, I can change that over to bidirectional. So we can both be on the microphone, but at the same time, uh, if the washing machine or dryer is on, you're not going to hear that on the show. Uh, it, it, it filters it into exactly the area that you want to do. 
So you 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 mentioned go ahead com- comment on that and then I want to ask you a question. Yeah, I, and I think you know it, it is important to outsource if you can the parts that aren't your expertise. So I outsource editing my audio each week. So I just record, I'm done, send it over to the editor, they edit it yep. and, and upload it. And so, and in in I think if you try to do all of it, you'll quit pretty quickly because it it can be a lot of work. Um, but the other thing I'd say is. Um, you know, there are a lot of great things you can do, intros, outros, that sort of thing. But if it's holding you back from starting because you don't know how to get that, that sort of thing, I would start and then add those things in later, right? Because I, I know I waited exactly. a long time to start my podcast because I was trying to get everything perfect before I started. And and you'll learn a lot after you start podcasting. You'll get feedback from people about uh, about your sound, about your content, about what, what direction they'd like to see the show go. And so you can kind of get something out there and then um, use their feedback to improve it. Yeah, it, it's very important. But when I started, and also another thing that goes along with that is, is before you start, make a commitment that you're going to do this for six months or a year or more. Now, don't just say, hey, I think I'll try it because there's nothing worse than doing something. And then a few months later, uh, somebody might send you a, a note saying, "Oh, where's your where's your pie? Oh, I decided not to do that anymore." Uh, you know, determine what you're going to do. Have a game plan. Uh, if it's going to be an interview situation like this, start with a list of people that you're going to contact so you can get the ball rolling and keep it rolling. If it's just going to be an informational podcast, fine. Make sure that you have enough scripts in order to so that you can start either doing them live or pre-recording them, but you don't get yourself backed up into a corner to say, oh my gosh, I got a show tomorrow and, and I don't have anything prepared. That That's the last thing that you really want to do. Right. I, I think it's important to be consistent, right? And so part of that is not not over-promising, right? I see a lot of people start with a daily show and then they're like, wow, I, there's no way I can do that, right? So they, they dial back. Um, and so for, for me, it's consistency. If it's a weekly show, it comes out every Monday at 1030 in the morning. Um, and you know, people know to expect it. Right. So if they built it into their, say their commute each week or, or they, they've time blocked time, like, Hey, I'm going to listen to this show when I go for a run on Monday afternoons, then they know it's going to be there and and when it will be there. Well, and, and to add to that is, uh, for instance, my show is at, at 10 o'clock every Wednesday morning. Uh, well, some people say, listen, I'm at the office. I can't do it. Well, it is also posted on YouTube and, and Facebook and Instagram and other platforms so that somebody who can't catch it when it does run, uh, when scheduled, you can, you can pick it up later. Uh, I, my sister happens to follow my show at least a day or so after I, after I do it. Uh, it's just because that fits into her, her time frame. Uh, you said you're doing a podcast. What kind of podcast are you doing and when did you start it and how did that develop? Yeah, so it's it's a very niche podcast. It's about the uh, the world of domain names. So web addresses like podcastguest.com, for example. And so it's an offshoot of a trade publication I have called Domain Name Wire that's uh, about the industry. So it writes about you know, companies like GoDaddy and what they're doing, uh, legal issues, big transactions, that, that sort of thing. And so it's, it's a very, you know, focused, right? There are only so many people out there interested in it, but what it allows me to do is 
most of my news posts for the industry are just short blog posts, right? They're 100, 200 words. They aren't very in-depth. And so by having a podcast, I'm able to go really in-depth with someone or about a particular topic. Um, so it's, it's just a different medium that really enhances what I've created in, in the form of a blog. And so we're up to, um, I just published my 380th weekly episode. Um, so that kind of gives you an idea of how long it's been going on. And yep. so and that's, you know, the current iteration of this show has been around since 2014. Yeah, I'm, I'm closing in on seven years now. And so that's wow. over 350, 350 guests. Do you do yours simply yourself? It's a solo podcast or do you have guests on your on your most uh, of mine are guests. Most of mine are guests. Occasionally, I do a solo one, um, and a lot of people think that having a guest would be more work. I actually argue it's a lot more work to do a solo. Oh, absolutely, because, <laughs> because you're the one who's going to do all the talking and come up with all the content, right? Whereas if you have a guest, you really just need to ask questions. Yeah, um, un un unless you have a guest that you ask a nice, detailed question and they answer with yes or no. Right, right. Yeah. And, and and that can be a challenge, right? Because a lot of, much like you said earlier, a lot of podcasters are kind of amateur. A lot of guests can be too, right? They, they might be new at it. And so there are things you can do as a host to prepare them. Um, obviously, you want to ask some open-ended questions, so it's harder to answer them with yes or no, although sometimes they will, they'll find a way. Uh, but really preparing that guest so that they understand what's going to happen. I know you do pre-calls before your shows to kind of get to know the person. That's right. one option. Um, some people don't want to spend the time to do that, which, which, which is fine. Um, I don't do it for mine, but we communicate over email and I say, hey, this is the platform we're going to use. In my case, it's going to be audio only, so you don't need to worry about your camera, but be in a quiet place uh, with an external microphone and hopefully uh, earbuds, because in some cases it'll pick up an echo, uh, depending on their, their setup. And exactly. I like to give them kind of a very high-level summary of what we'll be talking about, like four or five bullet points, so they can understand the flow. Uh, if there's a question that I think they might need to do some research on, like it's a data question, I'll let them know that ahead of time because that benefits my audience because we'll actually get an answer and it benefits the guests because they're not fumbling around trying to trying to come up with an answer for it. Uh, at the same time, you don't want it to sound like a canned interview, right? So I don't give them, oh, right. here are the 10 questions I'm going to ask you because then it you know, will sound kind of funny, right? Now, pod, podcasting isn't isn't your uh, your full time job. Well, the uh, you know that that trade publication, a domain name trade publication, right. and now podcastguest.com are kind of my my two big things, right? And so, podcastguest.com, as you can imagine, as it's gotten bigger, there's a little bit more to it. I, I do I do have a couple of people that help me with it in different capacities, much like you have someone who helps you with your video production, right? Right, uh, and your show production. Um, but I, I do spend quite a bit of time interacting with the community, answering questions that people have and, and, and that sort of thing. Uh, and, and again, as we said earlier, uh, the variety of people that, that, uh, you, we, you are working with, uh, you know, gives the podcaster really an unlimited direction to go into, uh, as I say, I, I do notice that when you send these out twice a week, there's usually what about 20 people 
Uh, uh, they're, they're 15. Yeah, 15 okay. in each one. And then, of course, if you go to the actual directory, you've got like a thousand. So so basically what we're doing yeah. is we're highlighting 15 people in, in each email. And and I have to be honest, almost on every list, there are a few authors. Uh, mm -hmm. There are uh, there are quite a few people that consider themselves like life coaches. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they are consultants, uh, you know. But, you know, you have to take that as a category and then break that down and find out because they may be an author in a very unusual genre that you say, now that's interesting, uh, rather than somebody that just does uh, historical uh, writing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, unless that's that's a unless genre that's that you're thing, interested right? in. Yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah, and it's and interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, you're right. There, there are these big generic kind of categories, right? Like to me, an author, that's not what makes them interesting. It's what do they write about? Or, right. you know, I have a lot of people say I'm an author and a speaker and almost everyone is, you know, <laughs> or, or even a best-selling author, right? If you publish a book, you can say you're best-selling in some some right. category on some site. That's yeah, you're published. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, so to me, it's, it's, Okay, but about what, right? And that's what people that are experts or guests need to focus on. And so there's a term that people use calling it kind of niche down, which is, okay, here you are at, at one level, you're, you're maybe you're a business coach, right? Okay, there are lots of business coaches out there. Do you specialize in something like, I'm a business coach for medical practices. Okay, now that's interesting to someone who has a medical podcast. Exactly. As opposed to just having on another business coach who doesn't know the first thing about, you know, running a doctor's office or a dentist office, that sort of thing. Um, so specificity kind of helps. You want to be a big fish in a small pond rather than a small fish in a big pond when it comes to podcasting and, and being an, an expert on shows. I think like your type of show can be a little bit more challenging being so broad. Um, and that, you know, you don't have a, a specialty there. So the universe of people that can listen to your show is much bigger, but you also need to work to attract them, right? If, if you're covering a, a bunch of broad things. So I'd say both from the guest perspective and the podcaster perspective, there's an opportunity to really create a connection with an audience if, if you get a little bit more specific. Well, and, and that's the beauty of your system, as you said, to keep it simple, it's basically a one sheet. And when I write, when I find somebody I think might be interesting, I fill out the form and I say, this is what my podcast is all about. And I would like to have you on for this reason. Mm -hmm. In other words, to discuss, uh, may maybe, uh, maybe, uh, you have a physical, a physical challenge mm -hmm. and, and I find that interesting and I want to find out more and share that, you know, where that happened. Also, in my podcasting, what I wanted to do is not only talk about what the person, my guest is doing, but get a little bit of the backstory, where they right. came from uh, and all, because that adds another dimension to who they are and why they're on the show. I can see from the, the uh, guest's point of view that they also, if they have a specialty, they want to be able to discuss their specialty primarily, but they also want to talk about you know, maybe what the future is. What are they going to be doing right. five years from now? If they've written this book, what's what's your plan for the next book? Uh, or are you already uh, working on your your next book? Right, uh, and right. that's that's what makes it it easy for them and for you to connect. 
Yeah, and 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 that's one of the great things about podcasting and these long format interviews is you can go into depth, right? It's not it's not like a blog post where it's just people are in, they get the information they need, and then they hit the back button, right? right. And in YouTube videos typically are just a few minutes long, right? Now, obviously, when something like this gets published, it's longer, but most of those clips on YouTube are very short, right? Whereas with podcasting, people are trained to expect this is going to be thirty minutes or an hour long, or in some cases, longer than that. Right. And so you can really go in depth. It, it's it's like those long format interview radio shows that that we're all accustomed to or those of us of a certain age are accustomed to growing up with. I noticed that on many, many of the the guests on, on your list, they're all <laughs> and it's kind of it's kind of a, a, a buzzword with me that that one of the things they say is they're an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, what is your definition of an entrepreneur? Yeah, well, I, anyone can be an entrepreneur now, right? You know, you, it used to mean you had, you know, a, a business that you raised money for and had employees, right? Whereas, whereas now you don't need to. I don't, I don't have any employees, right? And so that's one of those throwaway phrases in some ways that go along with a coach or, you know, something that's just too broad or an author, right? It's, it, you're an entrepreneur, that's great, but you're an entrepreneur in what? Right. What's That's your right. specialty, either either your your industry or your specialty like e-commerce, right? Like maybe you're an expert in e-commerce and selling stuff online. And so that's another one of those phrases that, you know, and, and I tell people this when when they submit a profile that says, I'm a best selling author and keynoter and um, entrepreneur, right? And I'm like, okay, that tells me almost nothing. Right. You know, <laughs> so, so you, you need to be more specific. What's your category? Right. And so, and I find that that really works when people dig, dig into it. And so I tell some of the people that create uh, a one sheet on the system, I say, you know, start off with let's talk about. And, and so literally those words, let's talk about blank, blank, blank. What are we going to talk about? Let's talk about how I am a, uh, a Guinness Book of World Record uh, juggler and how I got there. Right. That's one person on our platform, you know, and, and, and that sort right. of thing. Um, so that it's it's much more specific because that will catch a podcaster's attention as opposed to I'm an entrepreneur and best selling author. Right. Because that doesn't tell the podcaster what they can actually talk about. Really, the only thing it does for the podcaster is one of the first questions is how did you how did you become an entrepreneur? What right. did you do in right. order to earn that 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 handle? Okay, right. if you've had six different companies that you have 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 built from the ground up and then you sold them for for a, a big big profit and went on and did the same thing over and over and over again, that that probably in my mind makes you an entrepreneur because you have a talent. For, for doing that. But, you know, if you, like you said, you're a, a world-class juggler and you hold a Guinness, right? Does that make you an entrepreneur in juggling? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's certainly not what, what makes you interesting, right? What makes you interesting is you're a Guinness Book of World Record holder in juggling. So, you know, exactly talk about that, right? You know, so, <laughs> um, and, and that entrepreneur who has sold six, six businesses, that's what they should focus on. I'm an entrepreneur who exited from six companies or sold six companies, right? So focusing on that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not like being a medical doctor where there's a degree you have to get. Right. And so and, and there's not for a lot of things in life. Right. So so that's where I say focus on be be specific about it. 
you know, what makes you interesting? You know, if you want to be a generalist, if you think a selling point is you're an entrepreneur, then you need to talk about what about that makes you interesting. And that, and that to me is the key is people should sit back and say, what makes me interesting? And I guarantee you, everything has something that could make them interesting. A lot of times they don't focus on it though, right? Right. Um, so they really need to dig down and think about that. So you have you have two you have the type of person who comes up and says, "I don't have anything uh, that's interesting about me." And then when you start digging in, there really is something. They just have trouble finding it. And then you have you have uh, you know other people that come up that uh, they they just you know it's a challenge to kind of focus on what makes them interesting, or you know they they don't they don't explain it very well. So somebody says, you know what, I, I, I got a pretty good gift of gab and maybe I'd like to start a podcast and all. Are there some kind of rules or guidelines that you would suggest to people? And, and the number one question that I, I ask is, how long do you want your podcast to be? Mm. Uh, and do you have kind of some parameters of what you should, what you tell people based on whatever their podcast is going to be? Yeah. So my answer to that is it, 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 it depends. Um, and so, you know, there's some people out there that say, oh, the perfect length is 22 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour. And it really depends on your audience. And I would say the key thing is the consistency around that. Um, so I think what in general, I think audiences don't want 30 minutes one week and an hour the next and then two hours the next. Right. So they want something that's yep. consistent and length. Right. So that if it is part of their afternoon jog, um, you know, I, I had someone who, who listens to the podcast on, on his run and one day he, he emailed and he's like, that was a great show, but it was too short. And, and he's right. You know, usually my shows are 30 minutes and that one just because of some things with the guest and some other things that came out to about 21 minutes. So he's, you know, he's two or three miles into his run and all of a sudden he's out of content. Right. And so, so it's that sort of consistency that, that I think is most important. Um, there's no magic number. I think there are popular podcasts that are three hours long and there are popular podcasts that are 30 minutes long. Um, so I don't think there's a magic number there. And, and you don't have to determine that out of the gate. You know, you, you listen to feedback and then you can go in on, on Apple Podcasts. You can actually see how long people listen to your shows. And Apple Podcasts is only a segment, right? But you can see, oh, you know what? They trail off at the 30 minute mark. You know, I know I only have 10 percent of my audience left at an hour. Well, maybe that's telling me something. Maybe I should shorten it up. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I would say that it 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 really depends. Consistency, again, to me is important because as a podcast listener, that's important to me. Right. Um, I want that consistency in the shows that I that I listen to. And so I see people that have typically 30 minute shows like I've had some interviewees that are really engaging and interesting, but we go on for an hour. Well, that needs to be split into two shows for me, just because that's what my audience expects, right? Well, that, that could be the benefit to the podcaster too, because if you uh, if you consistently want to do an hour show, you've got to be able to fill that hour. <laughs> Whereas if you've got an hour's worth of material and you make that into two 30-minute shows, now you only have to concentrate, you know, that's on, very on, true. Ha that's yeah, very true. Ha have, have as much. In an hour can seem like a very long time as as the host for sure. And I and again I think it, it like you said earlier it it depends on the subject matter. If this is a medical show or it's a show about insurance or whatever, you may find it going forty five minutes to an hour maybe pushing it a little bit. If you can if you can get the points that you want to say within about 
20 to 30 minutes. Uh, mm. If it is a, a show with somebody who's got a, uh, uh, you know, background in film, uh, uh, you know, production or direction, whatever, and they've got stories and more stories and more stories, you could probably easily fill that hour and all and and have people saying, oh, would would you invite them back on to do another show? That's right. That's right. And so I mean, I, I generally go about this length every 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 show that I have. But very often I find that I get to the end of my show and I say to the guest, you know, I've got five, five or six more questions that I never got to. So we'll have to schedule another session. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that either. You don't have to say, look, I've got to get all these notes in. And so it becomes a, you know, a, a, a Q&A session one after another, and you're looking for short answers to get it in within a time frame. You're better off having quality than quantity, I think. Yeah, I mean, no one listening to the show knows that you didn't ask all the questions as you had planned on asking, right? So, um, so, 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 so that, yeah, I mean, that that's really just you as as the host, right? And so, it's better to have more to ask and trim than to come up short, right? Which, which, you know, we we've all had happen, right? Whether on stage or on a podcast, where someone just it is kind of hard to get stuff out of them, or they answer more succinctly, and then you run out of questions. So. What is the future for podcastguest.com? And then my follow-up question is, what do you see as the long-range future of, of, of podcasting five sure. years, 10 years from now? Yeah, so I've made a, a decision on podcastguest.com to just focus on this aspect of, of podcasting. Um, rather than stretching out into in other parts of it, because I think there are plenty of companies that do a great job with other things like recording and editing. Um, so I'm, I'm focusing just on the guest side. When I think about podcasts going forward, I think, you know, in, in the short term, I, I think we're going to see a shift over the next couple of years where there are fewer podcasts, but more listeners. Right. Because what happened at the beginning of the pandemic is we have more podcasts, but fewer listeners because people were Mm -hmm. used to listening on the train ride or in their car on the way into work. And then all of a sudden that got upended and it it took and sometimes six, six plus months for people to work podcasts back into their routine. Um, So I think podcast consumption and listenership is actually going to go back up over the next year or two. But there'll be less competition for podcasters because even though people are starting new podcasts and it seems like there are a lot. Again, if you look at the data, most people don't stick with it, right? And so there aren't that many active podcasts out there. And so I I think it's going to be a great time to start a podcast and grow it over the next, say, two, three years. Once you start looking at five years, that's a long time in such a a, a nascent uh, medium, if if you will. You know, I I think, yeah, podcasting has been around for a while, but it's really just taken off over the past five years. So taking that now and projecting it forward is is really challenging. And I I agree with you. And and again, that consistency and the commitment uh, to your audience uh, uh, to continue doing it. Uh, And as you say, uh, the burnout factor. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people that are that ultimately are going to say after a year or two, uh, I either don't have time for this anymore, or I, I I did it. It's behind me. It's another thing I can put on my resume, uh, and I can now call myself an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it it is what it is. When I started this, I started this as a streaming radio show. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, I always wanted to do that. I never wanted to be visual. I, I never wanted to be seen, but that seemed to become what the future was going to be. And so, you know, you have to at least wear a nice shirt. Uh, you could, I could still be wearing pajama bottoms for all anybody cares. I've got my sweatpants on right now. There, there you go, Steve. I threw my collared shirt on, but that, that's as much as you get, Stuart. So. <laughs> yeah. That's another upside to podcasting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to, and, and, and this is something that changed with the pandemic, with everyone used to to Zoom, right? Now, all of a sudden, we had so many video ones. And, and, and as a host, you need to... Um, uh, let your guests know. So one challenge I have being a guest on a lot of shows is a lot of times I'm looking at them like, uh, is this video or not? Do I actually need to comb my hair and put on a shirt? You know, that, that sort of thing. And so, uh, that has changed a lot. And yes. I think a, a video show is a lot more work for the host too, you know, from, from an editing standpoint or for their editor. Um, it's a lot more challenging to edit video than, than just audio. So, um, it, it'll be kind of interesting to, to see where that goes. I, I think it's great. As a host, you need to keep in mind that a lot of people will just be listening. Even if they have this pulled up in YouTube, they're in a different browser window uh, and they're just listening. So um, you just need to be cognizant of that if you're going the video route. Well, you have made this interview very, very easy because it's, <laughs> it's, it's certainly something that you're well attuned to. And I thank you for taking the time to be, to be my guest on Someone You Should Know. Again, the website is uh, podcastguest.com. Uh, Andrew Ailman, thank you very, very much for taking the time to be with me. The very best to you. And folks, if you're looking for guests, that's the website. Just check it, check it out, and you will find some really great guests for your podcast. And I'll go out and make it make it a good one. I always say, be yourself because everyone else is taken. And so, thank you again, Andrew, and and have a great one, and keep up the great work. Thanks for having me. Take care. Someone you should know.